Greetings and welcome to the Remote Real Estate Investor. On this episode, we're speaking with Evan Manship, who's part of the Mainstay Property Group. And in this episode, we're going to talk about wholesaling. We're going to be talking about their process and sourcing deals, as well as the process on the buyer size and how you can use wholesaling groups to help in your acquisition process. All right, let's do it. Before we get going, I want to notify everybody about a promotion we're running with Roofstock Academy. Roofstock Academy is our all-in-one program that includes over 50 hours of on-demand lectures, five hours of one-on-one coaching, as well as all kinds of materials, plus access to our private forum. The coupon code is REMOTEPOD. With this coupon, you're going to get $50 off your enrollment fee. And with that enrollment, on top of everything I said before, you're going to get $2,500 of marketplace credits to use on Roofstock.com as well as a five-year, no-questions-asked, full refund guarantee. Hey, Evan, before we jump into things here, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself, who you are as an individual, where you're from, and how you got into the real estate game? Thanks for the time, boys. Appreciate it very much. Yes, sir. I don't want to say born and raised. I was kind of a a landlord when I first got started. I realized that, uh, you know, there's other ways to make money than just buying and holding or, you know, kind of started digging in more and more to this. And we've uh, ramped up a nice little wholesale group here in Indianapolis and, and Louisville, Kentucky and Cincinnati on Monday, effectively. So I uh, love the Midwest and love wholesaling. And you mentioned in the background, you have your your brother there. Is this a, a family business as well? Or is he working on some different stuff? Man, a, a lot like wholesaling, it kind of blossomed into that. So it wasn't, a, my mother's a teacher. My father is a, uh, I guess used to be a, uh, where he worked for Eli Lilly, a big uh, pharmaceutical manufacturer here in Indianapolis. And Clay, who's over there someplace, blending into the chair is uh, my business partner, my best friend, my uh, other other half. And ironically, my father now works for our group, as does my younger brother. So we've got uh, 16 folks uh, here on staff and four of them share my last name, which is kind of neat. So I work with my twin brother, my baby brother, my, my father every single day. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I'd love to hear a little bit more how transitioning into it, because it you know, sounds like your family wasn't as much into real estate or, or wholesaling. I'd love to hear how you uh, found your way into this space and <laughs> brought across the, the rest of the family with you. I would argue I'm still finding my way. So we'll save found for another couple of years here. I'll keep it as brief as I can. It's a long, long, long story. But my my twin brother and I graduated from uh, Xavier University in Cincinnati, both finance guys. Um, graduated with a finance degree. And, you know, we were, we're twin brothers, right? So it was, you know, we went to the same school, studied the same thing, looked the same, talked the same, hung out with the same friends. And when we graduated from school, it was one of those things where it's like, shit, this is our imminent uh, twin divorce. You know, you're, you're going to go to Seattle. I'm going to go to Jacksonville and we'll see you at Thanksgiving type thing. Well, we both applied for one job in Indianapolis apiece, and naturally we both got it. So my first job out of school was property tax consulting. I was doing valuation on uh, multifamily structures, and I was just some schmuck. Uh, I knew how to talk to people and had a background in finance. Yeah, so yeah, my job was naturally to uh, to save people tax tax money, which is even, that's a different, that's a conversation for a couple of cocktails, but my background is saving people money on taxes and arguing professionally, which my wife, my twin brother got hired by a hedge fund here in Indianapolis that was uh, placing uh, private money for massive acquisitions, retail centers, again, office towers, industrial stuff, whatever. So Clay was on the debt side of things. I was on the acquisition side of things and said, screw it. You know, we're doing this professionally for these massive structures already. Why don't we just look into, you know, potentially doing this on our own? So we started uh, buying a couple of rentals. And uh, when we started raising our private money, we found some guy on bigger pockets, which I'm sure you guys are very aware of. Um, so whether he's naive or stupid or uh, optimistic or all three, this guy said, yeah, you know, I trust you guys. You guys can, you know, borrow 30 grand of my money and uh, max out your credit cards and 
get this deal rock and roll. We were all into our deal for 33, 34 grand, our very first private money deal. It appraised at 90 grand, you know, 90 days later. And uh, he was like, shit, I don't want to do what I'm doing right now. I don't want to lend you money. I want to do what you're doing. How do I effectively do what you're doing? I trust your relationships. I trust your ability to find the deal. Just find me a deal. I'll buy it from you. And that's how I bumped into wholesaling. Was, okay, I'll just find this guy a deal and make six or seven grand, which is a lot of money in India. And uh, here we are. So uh, we wholesaled our first deal in May of 2014, May 13th of 2014, which is you know coming up on our seven year anniversary here. And the rest has been history. We've been wholesaling ever since. Amazing. What's the, the acronym? Like, explain it to me like I'm five. Can you give the 15 to 30 second definition of what is a wholesale when someone says I wholesale? Like, what is like just kind of process wise? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll do it in 30 because 15 is tough. If you're a wholesaler, you are essentially uh, milking a cow instead of selling milk at a grocery store. Um, when you want to have a glass of milk or you pour some milk in your cereal, you don't go find a cow, milk it, process it, pasteurize it, whatever. You go to the grocery store and buy a gallon of 2%. So that's what we do. We essentially go through the hassle of finding the cow, milking the cow, uh, making sure the farm is healthy, it's grass-fed and all that other jazz so you can get a nice big bowl of 2% beans, farm-fed milk at your local Meyer Kroger or whatever. Love it. I love the analogy. I've never heard that analogy. Perfect. So we, we do that with real estate. That's essentially what we do. We take all the headache out of finding good deals for people, plain and simple. Oh man, Evan, I too love that analogy, but I'm curious to know if somebody is working with an agent, you know, that's really what agents do is they go and find deals. So what, what value does a wholesaler bring to the equation? What are they doing that agents aren't? That's an awesome question. And to further my, my analogy here is, you know, anyone can go find a cow, anyone can buy a cow. You know, finding the right cow at the right time is really what all that matters to the person that's, that's buying the milk or, or, or manufacturing the milk. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. You know, good agents find deals regardless of where they're at. Wholesalers, 99% of the time will do so exclusively off market. They will have different ways of identifying that cow than your traditional uh, realtor broker might. So we spend a ton of time, money, blood, sweat, tears off market where your real estate broker, Century 21, Remax, Carpenter, whatever will be just hustling on the market or with people like me to find the best possible deal for you. Okay, that makes sense. And so, I mean, are wholesalers specific to local markets? And really, what are the benefits of using a wholesaler? I mean, what, why do wholesalers exist? It depends who you ask. Um, the guy who services Louisville, Cincinnati, I'm not going to say I'm, uh, I'm local, but I, I service Louisville, Cincinnati, and Indianapolis. So call me from the Midwest, Great Lakes region. Um, no, wholesale is all over the place. We have folks and contacts in Albuquerque. Uh, a couple of folks in Juneau, Alaska, Anchorage, you name them. It's all over the place. Uh, if you have the ability to find a deal off market, which legally every person in the United States does, you can wholesale, um, whether you're trying to buy or sell or both. Um, that's what we do. So it really depends on what your aim is. And if your aim is to find a deal in the cheapest possible manner, by definition, that's going to be off market. So the second it gets to market, everyone and their brother has their eyes on it. Everyone and their brother can bid on it. If you find something off market, uh, you have a better chance of spending less dollars on it. So whether you're in Indianapolis like myself or California, Miami, Seattle, or Anchorage, uh, if you're off market, chances are you have a better chance of spending less money. To continue the animal uh, analogy, I'd love to just touch quickly on like, the sausage factory, right? And there's some terms that I've, that I've heard of, skip tracing. Like what, what's within the sausage factory of doing wholesaling and perhaps even sourcing? I think there's a lot of value in, in finding wholesalers who, who exactly who are doing all that work up front. I'd love for you to speak a little bit of like what goes into some of that work of, of finding these off-market deals. 
Man, finding the deals, uh, the tip of the spear, obviously, you know, especially in today's market, there's not a huge amount of hustle that goes into selling it. You know, it's a, it's a seller's market. So anyone of their brother is going to buy the thing. So we tell folks we talk to all the time that are interested in wholesaling. It's, you know, all you have to do is find a seller, which is a lot easier and sexier to say on paper, obviously. But uh, for those of you watching at home, my group will do 25 to 40 deals a month. And we spend a tremendous amount of money identifying those people, qualifying those people, making sure they're serious, and then getting into the, uh, the finish line here. So there's a lot of hustle in finding the seller in today's market. And I have to specify today's market specifically, sellers are the tip of the spear. So we do a many, many, many things to identify those sellers. We have a cold call center in the, in the Philippines. We have a, a smaller cold call center here in the States. We have six folks on staff that are lead generation folks. We have a uh, an SMS presence, a cold call presence, a billboard presence, you name it. We do anything and everything we can do to get people to raise their hand. And once they raise their hand, uh, we'll figure out the rest. But uh, getting people to acknowledge that, yeah, my house might be for sale is the biggest piece of the pie. So I'm curious to know, and for all of our listeners too, what types of properties make a good candidate or rather what, what types of buyers would make a good candidate for a wholesale deal? Yeah. So again, the same the same reason uh, that you would buy on the market is exactly what you're not going to get in the off market space. Um, then you have to understand the trade offs, and that's why you know first time investors traditionally a wholesale group is not for you because you want to make sure that you're protected by a lot of the means that are on the market. Right? Do you want your sales disclosure? You want uh, to work with someone that's licensed? Do you want to get your inspection and your appraisal and have a long time frame to close and all this other jazz? And the trade-off is you'll pay top dollar for it. You'll pay 95, maybe 100, maybe in today's market, 105% of what the deal's worth just to have access to a property. Where wholesaling is massively different than the you know, aforementioned here is we close in two weeks, maybe three weeks if you're super lucky. And all we do is give you the property. It's up to you to do the due diligence. It's up to you to find the inspector. It's up to you to find the problems. But it's like buying a beer at a bar or a gallon of milk in my previous example. You swipe a debit card and you get what you paid for. And as long as you know what you're looking for, you know where to look for the expiration date. To keep this massively overdue uh, analogy running here, if you know look for the expiration date, know where to look for the manufacturer and know to, to make sure you know it's not some gross type of you know, almond milk, something goofy, you don't know what you're looking for. Um, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. You know what you're looking for, you buy it, it's off to the races. So in, in exchange, you pay considerably less to the tune of 60, 70 cents on the dollar for what that property is worth at, in lieu of 105% on market. I'm going to try to just keep beating this analogy to death. So Evan, I like milk. You like milk. Why don't you just drink your own milk? Why are you selling the milk? Why are wholesalers selling if, you know, if they're able to get these big discounts? Man, this is the million dollar question and one that we get all the damn time. Yeah. And any good wholesale, here's my challenge to folks that are buying milk or consuming milk. If you're not asking that question, you are drinking the wrong milk mm. or working with the wrong manufacturer. We get this question regularly because our deals are that good where, hey, why don't you just do this yourself? Explain to me why on earth you would not just keep all this milk to yourself. And there's no real good answer for it. Honestly, we don't. I've bought and sold rentals myself. I've flipped plenty of properties myself. And at the end of the day, I don't like being a hypocrite. I don't like sending out a deal and saying, look, look, this is a kick-ass deal. You're going to love it. You're going to make all this money, by the way. And I'm keeping all the ones that are the best for myself. So something we encourage a lot of our investors and buyers to do is ask that question. If you're you know, broker who you're buying something on the market with is not an investor, why? Why are you trusting their advice? If the wholesaler you're working with is keeping some deals and selling some deals, even sketchier. Why, right? That's even worse. I mean, imagine a farmer who's keeping some milk and selling some milk. Why? 
So what we do is we have a retail shop. All we do is sell milk. We manufacture good milk. We sell damn good milk. And uh, again, just to pound, just to, we're beating the shit out of this horse right now. I love it. Yeah. We're just going to keep this thing going all the whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> this is an amazing analogy. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So all we do is sell good milk, plain and simple. Indianapolis milk, Louisville milk, Cincinnati milk. And um, we got torched a couple of times from folks asking these exact same questions. Like, why don't you just keep it? I had no good answer for them. So in 2019, we decided, look, we're done. We're done keeping these things. We're All we're going to do is, is build around our business that just manufactures and sells good milk. And there's just like a lot of other kind of operational overhead and, and keeping a ton and it's huge capital requirements. And that makes sense, Evan. It's kind of lame to say that because you know, there's a ton of truth to it, frankly. But, you know, oh, it requires a lot of money and a lot of, you know, staff and all this other stuff. You know, we've, even then, I don't feel right saying it. So while all that's true, I mean, it's we just do what we're good at, plain and simple, not selling damn good milk. So can you speak a little bit to the maybe less than perfect reputation that wholesalers have? I think that they kind of get the reputation around the business as someone that's maybe sleazy or someone that's just trying to make a quick buck or they underwrite deals poorly and then they're just, they're giving you whatever the leftovers are. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Man, I, I, I'm thrilled you asked that question because we started to realize that again, about the same time we stopped buying our own milk, uh, you know, 2018, 2019, totally understand. And if any investors, buyers, whatever, are watching this video, could not agree more with your negative connotation of wholesaling, especially in the seller's market like today. I, I we tell you, we have a, we have a sign in our office. I'll, I'll spin it around and show you. It's a, anyone can sell a house. Anyone can sell a house. Retail shop, website, broker, anyone can sell a house. But especially when you're out of state or not local to whatever degree, it's extremely important. You're not buying a house, you're buying an asset. And that's what we aim to do. We encourage folks to have the wholesaler keep some level of skin in the game. For example, in our group, we have an on-staff uh, finance guy, we an on-staff project manager, we have an on-staff uh, property manager to the tune where our rehab estimates and every single deal we send out, let's call it, you know, 30,000 bucks on a $50,000 house, you're all in for 80, right? If that rehab number comes back at three, all in for 90, you're all in for 100 on a house that's worth 100, that's that you can do that on, on the market. You can get all the benefits of, you know, being protected by the market than buying from some wholesale turd that you know, is hustling to get this deal closed as soon as possible. So what we do with our folks, and again, this is unique to our group, we make sure that when we estimate a rehab amount, you're protected completely. That rehab amount from our project manager comes back in excess of what was initially discussed with you in the, in the solicitation that we sent. No harm, no foul. You get your earnest money back and we'll go back and do a different deal. So we've done that hundreds and hundreds of times in India now in Louisville to where folks you know, agree, look, I'll buy a deal if I'm all in for 70 and it's worth 100. And granted, we can't. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a tax advisor, consultant, or professionals, whatever. But you know, on the off chance you can agree it's worth 100, and I can prove to you we're going to be all in for 70. Who's not buying that deal? And that's where we kind of protect our investors in that regard. So we're able to develop a huge uh, buyers list or investors list in that way. But at the same time, uh, you know, I encourage every last little person, whether your wholesaler does what we do or not, show me some deals you've done in the area. Show me some deals you've sold to some people who've had success with a rehab to this degree. Show me, you know, a big uh, neighborhood here in Indianapolis is a neighborhood called Fountain Square. Show me something in Fountain Square you've wholesaled where someone has had success. And any decent wholesaler should be able to show you a little black book of here are my resources, here are my referrals, here's my success profile. And the second they don't, they're either brand new, which is good and bad, or they suck. You know, when you go to the store and there's just like, there's so many choices of milk. You got the dairy farmers and you got, you know, there's so many different choices, calcium, full milk, full 2%, non-fat. So how can buyers stand out from all the different milks out there? How can they be different from a buyer perspective that helps set them apart to help them win deals? 
I love that we're continuing to do this, by the way. I got a lot. I'm laughing. <laughs> I feel like I need like utterers to hang back here or something. Just like I, I've said this for years and years. And, you know, it, it's ironic and it sucks now because it's a seller's market. So buyers have to be unique. They have to be ultra competitive and they've got to do things a different way. But, you know, much like, you know, uh, uh, when you got in an, in an effort to, to use a different analogy here, you know, I'm a, I'm a married man. I've been married four years in October. And um, the best thing I did when my wife walked into the bar I met her at when I was in college is I didn't go right up to her. And uh, I was unique. I was different. You know, I kind of stood back and let all the other guys go and get out of their system to where the point where she was annoyed and sweating all, sweating all these guys away. By the time she was done, she was kind of exhausted by, by all these guys that were, were up at the bar trying to get her to, to talk to them or whatever. I was like, hey, how you doing? You know, I saw you were you know, drinking this Cosmo or whatever over there by the table. And how about I buy you a drink? And I just had it ready for it. I just walked away. No effort, no weird thing to try and juggle. There's nothing going on. I was totally unique and different. So, hi, how you doing? I'm Evan. I'm going to be over here if you want to chat. And it was different. And that was 2012 when it wasn't as big of a buyer's market, maybe for her, not certainly not real estate, but it was different. And it went a long way for the ability for her to perceive me. So what I love and what our group loves, both of our dispositions guys eat this up, is when they know what the differentiator is with buyers. Whether it's, look, I'll buy something that has a pool in the backyard or I'll, I'll buy something that's got a weird foundation problem. I'll buy something that needs a massive amount of construction. I'll buy something that's occupied, especially in today's environment now with COVID. That's a big deal. So being able to identify what your differentiator is, is huge for the ability for a wholesaler to provide you with massive amounts of value from a deal perspective. And the squeakiest wheel gets the most grease. To use, and I'm, well, I'm just nailing these analogies now. Um, but the squeakiest wheel gets the grease, and that's, that's exactly what happens. The most annoy, annoying investors will get the, the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, the best possible deal. If I know what you're looking for, you will be the first person to be tapped for it. I'm sitting here looking at my file. I've literally, I literally, I'm not kidding. I literally have dozens of, I think Luke, our dispositions guy, took them, but I have dozens of actual resumes where people, buyers have made physical resumes. Hey, I'm not weed. I'm from India. I'm a third generation, this, that, and the other thing. I'm looking for three, one and a half to so the thousand feet in Lawrence Township. Well, here's my portfolio of what I bought. Here's what this is worth. Blah, 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 blah. It's it's wildly competitive, and he found a way to differentiate himself, and he's been a tremendous asset to our buying group. It's almost like where I've heard like home buyers, you know, they they send it to the seller, like you know, the backstory of their family, their dog, all that stuff. Well, this is this is hilarious, and I, and I love my dispo guy for keeping track of this thing, but it's true, you know. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. my wife and I wanted to live in the old north side, and we love the third bedroom that faces the corner, and oh, we can we're gonna rock our baby girl to sleep there, and this and the other thing. Well, like the people that are really smart are Floyd. Floyd's from Maui, right? Like Floyd literally, check this, check this out. Like this guy. Yeah. Here's what I've done. Here are the houses I bought. Like one of them's from us, you know? You want to talk about a differentiator. It's just one more. It's like a leave behind when you go in on an appointment or whatever, right? Like leave it on their door. It's one more thing for them to throw away. And <laughs> so you should see, you should, I got, I, I got, I got, I got dozens and dozens of these damn things. Here's one. So I, just, I hate to be like... <laughs> super annoying but like that's that's one thing we we, we made a joke on it on a, like a facebook live thing we did back in the day and we just these things started coming in like letters from santa or whatever there's, there's probably some guru who like tells people like to do that so just to confirm you 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 would say that is net positive if you're a buyer put this little profile resume and then send it to your wholesalers yes to put it very shortly my thing yeah. is this message from from brendan yep. took maybe 20 minutes to put together let's call it and I'll bet I will bet my bottom dollar this scores him a deal, right? Yeah. And again, it's a seller's market. And the second there's a there's a buyer's market, I'd encourage people like me to reach out to people like you with resumes, right? And that's yeah. why we have the the, yeah. the assets we do to make that happen. But in today's market, you just have to find a way to be a differentiator, and that's what a lot of these people have done. I love it, Evan. This is like a, an awesome takeaway. I never thought of that of preparing sort of like a buying resume to show just your kind of proof of concept. 
to your. It sounds arrogant, like people like just dying to work with our group. It has nothing to do with our group. It has everything to do with deals. Exactly. All freaking these people want are just deals. So we're here to feed them. Uh, those are some good milk buyers. So on. So I got a question. Do you guys service multiple types of milk? So there's like you know goat's milk, cow's milk, and uh, multifamily, single family apartments. Are you guys exclusively SFR milk or do you have multiple different types of? Yeah, no, I'm going to try my best to stick with this and I'll reiterate for the folks back home who've lost this, uh, this analogy a long time ago. For those of you following at home, this milk is indicative of deals and we are essentially manufacturing deals directly from the cow instead of buying them from the grocery store in a 2% gallon. So my group, as a wholesale operation, we find the cow, we we milk the cow, we pasteurize the milk, and then we sell it to Kroger, Meyer, uh, uh, Whole Foods, whatever, so they can sell the gallon of milk to retail people who are buying off the market. Um, yes, to answer your question directly, Tom, my, my group uh, works with a ton of different uh, types of deals, and the breakdown we use is 90% of what we do is residential. 9% of what we do is multifamily, indicating between five and a million doors. And 1% of what we do is commercial. So I own some commercial standalone projects myself, some retail, uh, the office building we're in now, um, and a, a self-storage thing down the way. But uh, it's very rare for us to get involved in a tremendous amount of commercial. We can just find the most arbitrage in residential properties. That's why 90% of our marketing dollars are allocated toward it. That's great. Love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. Evan, I've got a Tom. I've got a Tom. I've got a question for you. Um, I recently, so I recently bought my first uh, deal from a wholesaler, and I bought it kind of through a unique way. I bought it actually with an agent, a buying agent, and then the wholesaler brought him the deal, and so they're helping me rehab it. And I fell victim to something that I think happens to a lot of people, and so I, I want to know a little bit about the mindset that buyers should be going into with buying a deal from a wholesaler. So let me tell you what happened. So I bought this deal. It was advertised at. 57. I got them down to 54. And then we got the inspection back and we got it down to 50. So I'm buying this deal through my IRA. And so I needed the original contract that the wholesaler has with the original seller. And I saw that the wholesaler has it under contract at 40 grand. So the wholesaler is making 10 grand split commission, basically. And before I saw that, I was like, man, 50 grand. Awesome. I'm thrilled at the deal. The numbers came back good with the ARV and the rehab costs. And then I saw what the wholesaler had under contract on. And I was like, man, he got a screaming deal. Should I have squeezed harder? And I put this out on Twitter. I'm kind of active on Twitter. And people were like, no, be stoked. You got a good deal. You should thank that wholesaler. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Everybody's making money. That's a win, win, win. So how should buyers be thinking about the commissions that the wholesalers are getting or the spread that the wholesalers are making off that deal? My biggest wholesale fee is $445,000. We sold a massive, not a massive apartment building. We sold a 20, 30 unit apartment building in downtown Indianapolis. Made a half a million bucks. And I will tell anyone that I'll show you the settlement statements. One of the better days of my life, obviously. Um, and the person that bought that building um, is one of the richer people in the city. Just an absolute decamillionaire, ridiculous, just a, a wild individual, frankly. Just a, uh, really likes tequila. But this guy is a, is a maniac. He's a deal maniac and doesn't care what he pays me. The fact that I cleared a half million dollars in, in, in a couple months is not his issue. He doesn't care. He's going to refinance this thing, give it to the kids, put it in the self-directed IRA. It doesn't make a difference. He doesn't care about how much I make. And it's easy to say when you're the wholesaler. But again, you know, I, I challenge folks that anytime you buy anything ever that has a menu, Kroger, wherever you're taking the missus for dinner tonight, child care, it's you beating up on price every time you talk about it, right? So why are we any different? 
we're different because we're in a, we're, we are in a uh, an industry where negotiating is a large piece of it, just like uh, buying a new car. You know, it's a it's not a commodity, but it is a commodity. So I encourage everyone that wants to whine about wholesale fees or commissions or whatever else. Our average fee here is sixteen thousand one hundred seventy three dollars and nineteen cents in Indianapolis. And uh, my biggest fee is $454,000. And um, we encourage you to not complain about what's on the menu or else you can go find it yourself. It sounds arrogant, but that's what we milk manufacturers do. We manufacture milk. And if you don't like it, go buy it from the grocery store. Oh, I love that. It's the, it's, I it's love the that. deal. Deal, deal speaks. Michael, do you have any other questions? Yeah. I, I, got a, uh, I got some no. quick fire questions when you're, when you're out. No, I'm, I'm all milked out. You're all milked out. <laughs> all right. All right, Evan. I got, uh, these are just some, a couple of, uh, quick questions. We're going to, we're going to end with it's, uh, sort of like, it's like one or the other. It's just quick. You don't need to overthink it. It's just thinking of a, um, successful real estate mind kind of going through a couple of these quick questions. So are you ready for some quick fire questions? Um, one of my 2021 New Year, well, actually it was 2020 New Year's resolutions as well was to not talk so much and listen more. I've failed two years in a row, so I will do my best for the next 10 minutes to be as concise as possible. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Consolidation or diversification? Consolidation. We, uh, a gun on my head, I'm, that's the way I'm approaching both these things. Consolidation. We, again, coming from someone that used to buy and hold, used to flip, used to lend money, used to do all these things. Our group didn't go parabolic from a growth perspective. Or my portfolio, my balance sheet didn't go parabolic from a growth perspective until we consolidated and got laser focused on what we're good at. Yep, love it. High property taxes or high income taxes? Uh, high. I would choose high property taxes. It doesn't matter what your property taxes are as long as you're cash flowing. I mean, it doesn't. Yep. Income taxes comes yep. out of your pocket. Property taxes comes out of the tenant's pocket. So, like it. Nice. High rent growth or low vacancy? Low vacancy. I don't really care about anything so long as it's consistent. Um, this is me personally. Again, I hope I would yeah. challenge someone else to yeah. think differently, but I'm an Indianapolis man. Rent rent stays pretty normal, but my vacancy is between zero and 5%. I'm a happy guy. High cash flow or high appreciation? High cash flow. It's consistent. Same as the previous answer. Debt or equity? Equity? I don't know if this is a question. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it's just kind of a, you know, like a, what they call it a Roche test, right? All right. No, not a Roche test. That's like, I'm a, if this tells you anything, I'm, I'm a Dave Ramsey fanatic. I hate debt. Uh, even in the commercial building we're in now, we have no debt at all in anything that we do, uh, which I know is stupid. But again, I sleep like a rock at night. Um, and uh, I encourage folks, you know, there's a lot of folks that dig deep into the burr side of things and I got to borrow this so I can refinance this, whatever. And again, it just goes against my my uh, my understanding of, of, I got a hat around here somewhere. But our, our, our slogan here at our group is believe in the basics. It's all about the basics. And if you, the second you start going against the basics where you buy for A, you sell for B, you make C, you know, it just gets ultra convoluted really quick. Interest rates and payback periods and payoff notes and all those other convoluted things. I'm a finance guy, so I'm allowed to make fun of this, but big, big fan of keep it simple, stupid. And if there's something you can't describe on a napkin in real estate, you shouldn't be doing it. Love it. All right. Last couple of questions we got here. Uh, single family or multifamily? I like single family, different exit opportunities. Every person that buys multifamily is going to be more sophisticated than someone that wants to buy a 3-1 in Lawrence. Love it. Local or remote investing? Local if you had the chance, but obviously, you know, uh, for wholesalers, especially folks that are in cash flow markets like my own, uh, you'd be surprised what uh, out-of-state folks will buy for properties. So if you're wholesaling, it's nice to find someone who's a legitimate out-of-state investor. But if you had the opportunity, everyone would like to live next to their properties, obviously. Pragmatic answer. I like it. Uh, turnkey or turnkey or massive project? 
whatever the other thing is, not turnkey. <laughs> turnkey is the worst thing in the world. Don't believe in it. Um, just uh, I, I lay bacon and value on my own. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I I bought some myself. I've sold some myself. It's just it's it's tremendous to get into the 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 to get in the door with, but uh, to to do it long term is senseless when you can find other ways to build value. All right, final final few. Midnight oil or early bird worm. I'm 30 without a kid, so I'll say both. Uh, <laughs> late night, I suppose. I'm a bourbon guy, so waking up early isn't fun. Yep. Uh, text message or email? Text message. I'm a millennial. All right. Final question. Olive oil or butter? Look at my gut, man. I'm a milkman. I'd be ashamed if I didn't say butter. <laughs> That's right. That's good. Any other answer that was there a would test. be wrong. So, awesome. Evan, you, you, you by that one, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you passed. Thank you so much for jumping on. And this was... Uh, this was an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome interview. And I mean, and just to kind of my favorite part, man, I love that resume aspect of providing to your buyers and probably even to lenders too. like everybody you work with, like having this sort of resume of you as an investor. Gosh, I, I love that as a takeaway. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I, I can't I can't take credit for it. This this came from when I was 20. I, I, I'll be 31 in July. So I haven't been doing this a long time. And frankly, I have no, no idea what I'm talking about. I, I've walked into one of the best seller markets in the world. So I'm, I'm just a guy. But when I was first getting started, I bumped into a guy who was the president of the Metropolitan Indianapolis Board of Realtors, my board, uh, for a long, long time, um, doing my, my nine to five job. And he told me, Evan, you know, this old man, top style, rocking, rolling back and forth in his chair, whatever. Evan, there are three T's to every real estate transaction, time, treasury, and talent. And the biggest piece of this whole thing is, is understanding, you know, and conveying to someone that you have talent, you're trustworthy to, you know, someone can lend you money, right? Because you don't have the treasury, right? And oftentimes you don't have the time. You're working a nine to five job. So if you can convince someone you've got the talent, you know, that's that's 95% of the battle. So I'd encourage anyone, everyone who's down to I've read this book or been at this event, been to this mastermind, whatever, put it on a put it on a resume the sooner you can convey that you are someone of talent it goes a long long way for your ability to be marketable in the real estate industry that's great that's great evan what's the best way for folks to reach out to you and get in touch if they have additional questions about wholesaling or want to take you up on your services guys uh thanks for asking the question we are wildly available on youtube uh we have a whole media studio downstairs that all we do all day long is put out educational content on property taxes income taxes i'm not an attorney consult your professionals um, buying uh, real estate, underwriting deals, you name it. Uh, so YouTube's a great way to get a hold of me. But me personally, uh, my email, uh, 10 out of 10 days is Evan, E-V-A-N at mainstaypropertygroup.com. Awesome. All right, Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thanks again to Evan for jumping on with us and teaching us about the wholesaling program, uh, their company, how to be a better buyer with wholesalers and get yourself to stand out. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please uh, rate us, please subscribe, tell your friends about us. We appreciate that greatly. And as always, happy investing.